Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, I'm very excited to have Zach Rutledge on, who is an author. And I have to say that it was very sweet. He reached out to me and said, hey, I've written this book called The Official Depression Relief Playbook. And I'd love for you to read it. And maybe, you know, if you like it, I could be on your podcast. And it was so sweet that he reached out and I said, yeah, sure. I would love to um, read your book. And in fact, actually, I shared it with my daughter as well because she has been going through some depression issues too. So I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to have you on today, Zach, to talk about this book. Oh man, thank you so much. I mean, I'm like, I want to say I'm happy she got the book. I mean, obviously I'm sad she's going through some tough times, but you know, hopefully like, like we were chatting a little bit before we came on, this is the book that I was, that I would have given myself. So uh, I hope it helps her, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was like diving in and, and trying to, you know, get a feel for the book itself. And I just love for you to tell us a little bit about, you know, you kind of hit on the fact that you wrote it to help others, but really what was your inspiration in writing it? And um, tell us a little bit more about the book itself. If there's anyone out there who might be struggling right now with depression, which I know there are a lot of people because of the pandemic and just really, it's just a very big issue in this country that a lot of people don't want to talk about. So maybe you could kind of give us some insight as to why you wrote it and really what's in the book that could really help people? Sure, so I guess the pandemic in a way got me to write it because I had the time. <laughs> and um, my story, you know, from where I came, this was an almost, well, geez, I mean, if I look back at my childhood, there were definitely some tough times, but like a lot of people, it was my late teens and early twenties that were the most difficult. So, I mean, very difficult. And we don't need to get into any of that. But what I did was over the course of, you know, essentially 15 years was I kind of built brick by brick and figured out the things that worked, figured out the way, figured out the things that didn't. Um, and, and I feel like kind of one of the important parts of this story is medication was the last step I took. And I feel like that's important because if I had done that first, I don't know if I would have found all these other great things that really helped round out a person, really help improve somebody's life. Um, I may have been like, okay, this is it and I'm okay. But now I'm on the opposite end. I mean, I'm working on my second master's degree now. Um, I mean, it's not coming from, you know, a bragging place, but it's coming from a place of, you know, when I first started college, I flunked out. And I, you know, so like I, I couldn't even imagine this kind of this kind of um, where I'm at right now. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's amazing. I love that you point out that you tried all of these other things first before you get to the medication because I'm a big proponent of, you know, you've got to know what works for you. Yeah. And sometimes we don't if we just jump straight to the medication instead of trying other things as well. You don't always find that. So I love that you did that. Plus, there was a lot of for better and for worse, there was a lot of misinformation about the medication. So I was really apprehensive. I know, and I, I think I mentioned this in the, I do mention this in the book. I know people who try medication for a week and they're like, oh, I don't like the way it makes me feel. And it 
and then they stop doing it. So the thing is, I've done it and it, and you have to stay on it for a while. And that's, and of course, that's just my story. But the thing is, if my story can help, right? I don't want somebody else who's really suffering to go on it for a week and say, oh, things taste funny. I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like I said, it was, it was that kind of building brick by brick. So what I'm trying to do here is just essentially give all these people all these bricks that I discovered, right? But, and, and the thing is, I'm the one who's lived through it because I've gone through a million different books and a million different uh, programs, so to speak, um, and they haven't lived it. You know, it's PhDs or it's, you know, people who really mean well, but they don't understand. So this is coming from the, a place of total understanding because it was such a long journey. And um, like I said, it's the book that I would have wanted even just to have it next to my bed knowing that, you know, in the, in the dark and you're about to go to sleep and everything feels like it's crushing you, having that next to you and having that hope next to you of somebody who's been through and somebody who has very actionable things to do. You know what I mean? It's not just, it's not just changing your mindset. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm blabbing on and on, but <laughs> I'm a little bit of a talker if you couldn't tell. Yeah. No, I think that what you said is spot on people are looking for people to help them who've actually been through it and i that's what i tell people all the time that i work with is you know the reason that i can tell you that i know this works and that you can get better and you can get through it is because i did and yeah. so same thing with you like you have authority there's a certain authority with you because it's not like you've just read a book and now you're telling people, well, I know what this does. You know, yeah. you've actually lived it. You know how it feels to experience it. And I think that that gives you so much more credibility with people. And like I was kind of alluding to earlier, I understand that there's not one silver bullet. So, you know, sometimes people, like I said, people treat the medication as a silver bullet, which I don't, maybe it can be for some people. From my end, I don't think it can. See, I, I hate to speak for everyone, but from my experience and from the people I know, there is no one silver bullet. So what I did was I kind of stacked, um, geez, I don't know how many things, but you know, it, it, I come at it with the, the D-Day approach, so to speak. So you come at it with everything. And here's the thing, even if you don't have depression, these are still really healthy habits. Um, and it's not, it's funny because uh, two or three days ago, I listened to your podcast on the toxic positivity. Yeah. And this isn't that. This isn't like the, the rose colored glasses, you know, because, because, you know, I lived through it and everything. And it's not, you know, oh, you got to stay positive and think positive all the time. And it, it's not that. It's, it's the building, like I said, the brick by brick by brick. And hopefully it explains to people that you need that little bit of patience. You need to try everything. And even if, even if what you try, changes you 5%, it gets you that much closer, stack it with another habit, stack it with another habit, you know, and eventually it's going to lift that fog. Um, uh, again, I'm talking again too much, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's, it's the most practical thing that I could think of that I just hadn't seen yet. Cause a lot of times you'll see a full book on, I, I mean, I love uh, Angela Duckworth. She has a book on grit, but it's an entire book on grit. And then you'll, uh, uh, Mindset, who wrote that? Carol Dweck, awesome book. But it's an entire book, right? And I know a lot of people who, who are going through tough times, they can't read an entire book for one idea. Uh, especially when you're, when you're suffering with this deep depression, you're gonna get 
however many pages in be like, I don't have the energy because I know how it saps you. So this is tight, it's concise, it's actionable. Um, so I, you know, I, I it, uh, like I was selling, telling you earlier, you know, this isn't my job, but I just, I, I speak about it with a passion um, because I feel like, I don't want to sound cocky, but I feel like it's important. I feel like this is an important thing. I want to get, I want to get to people, you know? And if, yeah. if, um, if you help one person, right? Like they say, that's great. But I, I really want to get this to, you know, as many people as I can. Absolutely. And I think that um, your mission is so very important. And I like that you understand that there's not like one cookie cutter approach that's going to work with every person. Because uh, that's so true. There are some yeah. people, you know, when I work with people and I say, well, you do meditation and they'll say, I've tried it. I don't like it. I, it just doesn't work for me. And that's true. Uh, people have told me over and over again that I should do yoga and I, I want to love yoga so much. I <laughs> love yoga and I've learned to appreciate it, but I'm not a yoga. I'm just not. And maybe 30 years down the road, I'll be this huge yoga person and you'll all be laughing at me. But right now, every time I sit down to do yoga, I'm just like, this just isn't how I connect. And it's not how I, you know, want to move my body. And it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means not everyone is fit for everything. And that's okay. So I love that you give people options that they can go through and say, I can try it. And if it doesn't work for me, you're, it's not like you're going to be like, well, you failed, you know, this doesn't work for you. There's no hope for you. You know, it's not like that. It's like, you can try each and everything and see what works, what sticks for you and what doesn't. And I think, honestly, I think that's the best approach. I think that's how you have to approach everything in life. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's funny that you say that. Cause I'm actually in yoga teacher, yoga teacher training right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. Um, as like a, as like a side job, I'm a personal trainer. So I'm, I'm passionate about fitness and stuff. And I didn't love yoga at first either. This is, we're talking 10 years later. Now, all of a sudden I'm becoming a yoga, a yoga teacher. Um, but yeah, no, that's fine. And I don't know, I know you said you read some of it, but I don't know if you got to that, that part or if that's what you were referring to, you know, like I gave other things too, cause I do feel like it is important to do something physical. So I did give, you know, whether it's yeah. pickleball or martial arts or whatever it is, cycling, you know, whatever. There's, I mean, I work with a lot of people with limitations. There's something for you. There's something for you and um, it will benefit you. You know, it's, it's not going to be the silver bullet because there is no silver bullet, but it's, right. it will help you if you do something physical. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I love the idea that it, kind of on this journey, people are actually figuring out who they are and what their passions are. When you tell someone, find something that you love to do, like when you're telling them to find something where they have to move every day, mm -hmm. find something that brings movement. And they say, I, I don't know what I like to do. Mm -hmm. That's the great challenging part about it is to say, find that thing, you know, yeah. That's part of the journey is finding that thing. Um, and I know, like, for example, my daughter played basketball for so many years. Like, she played basketball from the time she was five until freshman in high school. And we all were like assuming she loved it and it was great and all of this. And then one day she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to try tennis. 
Mm. And, you know, they're just so to two totally different sports when you think about. You oh, know. yeah. But she tried tennis and that kid loved it and would like eat, breathe and sleep tennis. And it helped her. It really did because you can be doing the movement. And if it's not something you're passionate about, I think it's it's harder to stick with it. And, you know, when she found tennis, it was just like, oh, this is my thing. This is what I love. So I think everybody needs to find that thing that really just sets sets your soul on fire, honestly. Speaking of, that's funny. I was texting with a, a, a client of mine, a private client, um, and I wrote these workouts for him. He's like, yeah, I'm a workout guy. You know, I, I really want to get into this. And, you know, I really want to get healthier. I just got a text from his girlfriend. She's like, so we found out he hates working out. However, he loves hiking. Like he's all about hiking. I'm like, great, even better. It's going to get you outside. Love it. Keep them going. Keep them going. So yeah, it, it doesn't have to come as, you know, one flavor, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that approach to it too, because, um, you know, if you approach something like, oh, this is something I have to do and it's a workout, yeah. you're not yeah. going to stick with it. Um, but I tell people like, one of the things I love to do is I like to dance. So I mm. find workouts that are more like dance routines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because they're fun, you know, and that's what's going to motivate me to keep doing it is because I actually enjoy doing that. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head right there. It's got to be fun. Yeah. It's got, and you have to have, come at it with a, a, I know we're talking a lot about exercise, but it is, an, a, it is a component. You got to come at it with that, you know, that playful attitude. You know, if you were to see me dance, I mean, it would be ugly. It would not be nice, but you know, we'd be having a good time and I may get sucked in. Yeah. You know, you got to come at it with that, with that just playful attitude. Yeah. Which is tough sometimes. It, it tough. is. And you I you think we've been conditioned to think that working out and all of that, it's such a chore and we, you know, we don't want to do it. And, and yeah, have to change the mindset around that. And, and the whole, you know, the gym is for people who work out like the whole, it's for fit people. No, it's for, it's for anybody. Right. You know, like they got there by, it took them time, you know, and yeah, it doesn't have to be a gym, but yeah, we could talk about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some other tips that you give people that you'd like to talk about that besides just the moving their body and the meditations and things like that, what are some tools that you really, when you found them, you were just so grateful that you found them? Um, oh, well now I, I sound a little, cause I love, I ended up loving yoga, but we're not, we'll skip over that. That was, that was a big one, but I'll skip over that one. Um, it, it sounds, it, it sounds a little, I'll just, I'll just tell you really nailing in my diet and, and it, it, it almost sounds silly. Um, and it's, it's a little embarrassing. When I was in my early 20s, uh, I really didn't eat many vegetables. And that sounds really terrible, okay? So, but I didn't That do sounds it. pretty typical, actually, yeah, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, well, I guess it's embarrassing for me now because I'm a you know, personal trainer and everything, but I didn't eat many vegetables, right? And I didn't feel well. Like physically, I did not feel well. And I just ate whatever I could eat to gain muscle at that point. I was just starting to work out. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna eat tuna and whatever and creatine and just try to get as big as I can. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I, I noticed a very, a, a very, um, 
pronounced difference in the way my, not just my body, but the way my mind worked. It was like burning, you know, coal versus, uh, you know, a high-end Ferrari engine. Um, it just cleared up. It, it, and I, the, I guess one of the ways I, one of the things I can um, maybe attribute it to is, is inflammation. Because when I, when I changed my diet and I kind of figured out what was going on, first off, I wasn't eating enough. Okay. And because I was, I was thinking about, you know, what do you see on TV all the time? It's cut calories, cut calories, cut calories. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I weigh 170 pounds right now. I'm five, nine, 170 pounds. And I was down to 124 at that point. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's pretty thin. Yeah. Um, and you know, my mood suffered for it. I couldn't think straight. And, and I was like, well, what's going on? You know, I, I'm, I'm cutting my calories. It's like, well, that's more for the average person who overeats. You're not taking into consideration how everyone's different and, you know, athletic people or active people, they've got to eat more calories. They've got to eat, you know, a little differently. So it is, a, it, it's not a one size fits all thing. So once I got that dialed in, um, you know, I started, my, my mind started to work a little better. Another thing too. And of course you got, you have to talk to your doctor for this in case, in case there's any, um, um, like, uh, there are interactions with, with anything you're taking or whatever, but you know, that it's that anti-inflammatory diet, but it's also turmeric made such a difference. It's, it's also called curcumin and you'd want it with a little bit of black pepper because that's going to increase the bioavailability of it. So I don't eat the actual turmeric spice. I mean, if it's in something great, but when you take the, uh, the supplement, it's like eating a thousand turmeric roots. So make sure there's a little bit of black pepper in it. And that's pretty common. About 50% of the pills you find have that black pepper in there and then your body can absorb it. Um, also things like um, flaxseed oil. And these are just like silly things, right? But I think it was the, com again, combination, who'd have thought, you know, the healthier diet with these healthier um, supplements. And I list a few in the book, you know, it's getting that inflammation down. There's a, there's a, a, a theory that a big percentage of depression is actually an inflammation issue. Really? Um, yeah. One thing I, which I didn't put in the book because there were, there were, I was putting too much in, too much emphasis on too many things, but th there's actually another theory that it's a, um, it's a bowel issue for some people and they need probiotics. So there you go. A little bonus right there. So it may be something <laughs> worth trying because, you know, we have, uh, we actually create more serotonin in our gut than we do in our brain. So if, if that's out of whack, again, back to the diet, you know, and, you know, you may want to try the probiotics. So, well, yeah, I absolutely believe that gut health has a lot to do with a lot of issues that people have. Yeah. Well, we're a system, health. right? We're not just one thing. We're a system. Sure, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So that's interesting that you talk about that. So you're in your twenties, you're going through all of this. When was it that you actually started really seeing results from all of these things that you were putting into place in your life? I, I can remember there was like one moment I remember. So I, um, I, okay. So it was very dark for a while. I, I, I flunked out of college. I ended up going to another college and I was feeling better. Um, and I was really applying myself, which I wasn't doing before. Now, whether that was because I was not feeling as much depression or it was the other way around, 
I think it's a little bit of both, but I remember pretty clearly, and this is well before the medication, I was 30 and I was going to grad school and I was listening to a podcast pretty similar to yours. It's before your podcast though. Um, and it kind of clicked. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm eating better. I'm coming back from the gym. I'm feeding my brain these healthy things instead of just you know listening to uh, I don't want to discount what people like. I don't want to just poo-poo, you know, if they really enjoy sports or something, but instead of listening to like a baseball podcast, let's say, or something that's not something that, that, that pertains to other people, I'm really feeding my mind with this really valuable stuff. And I'm really challenging myself because I was in grad school and it was, it was a struggle. And what happened was um, when I would go on these long drives home, I would listen to these podcasts and it could, to help me um, kind of along grad school, right? And I think it was partially because I was challenging myself and it, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? Because you, you, it's almost like when you're, when you're depressed, you want to look for easy things. You know, you want to look for less challenge, but I think I was challenging myself in the right way. That's funny. I'm kind of realizing things as I talk to you, <laughs> but I, but I can remember a very clear time. I was walking home, walking back to my place from the gym, listening to a podcast like yours. And I was like, wow, I'm really challenging myself and I feel so much better, like really pushing it um yeah that i think that was it and i was like wow if i can really push myself through these and i can really stack these things and that was like kind of like the 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 big spark that's like um when things really started to take off and i started to really dig in and and um and i included you know a lot of this stuff in the book some of these these kind of tricks so to speak that i learned yeah. I love that. We have very similar stories, you and I do, in that we both, we talk kind of about different things. Your focus is on depression and mine is just about self-improvement in general and helping mm. people with their spirituality and all of that. But it's like, we both kind of took a long time to learn what we've learned to heal ourselves. And now you're taking that message out there and you're helping others to do the same thing but in a shorter amount of time, like a shorter amount of time and with more ease and grace, because you've kind of condensed it all for them into one place. So you were over looking at podcasts and reading this book and reading that book and doing this and doing that. And you've taken everything that you learned and kind of put it in one little nice place for people to go and reach for, as you said, that book you'd love to have next to you on the bookshelf or yeah. on your nightstand when you go to sleep, which I love. I think that is so amazing. And I love when people are able to do that for others to take everything they've been through and to help them learn. And as we were talking about earlier, it really does, I think, help people more to understand that they're not alone, that you've been through. Yes, yes. Especially when we were younger, right? Because, you know, when we were 17, let's say, there wasn't, as much, nearly as much going on, like where you, you couldn't Google, you know, um, self-improvement podcasts and have a thousand come up, right? Um, now, of course, we're coming from the other end, right? There's that infobesity. So it's like, there's a lot of crap out there. So it feels like it's almost like our jobs. I, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's almost, it, almost, it feels like it's almost like our responsibility to kind of um, create that, that uh, tight, um, really well-meaning message and get it out there. You know what I mean? Because there's so much other stuff out there. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of noise out there. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. You have to sift through, and it's nice to have one place where, you know, they take a little bit of everything that's out there to help you and and put it in a organize it for you and like a, a yeah, handy, like you said, playbook. That's the perfect title. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said I should have called it a pocket playbook. Is that you? Is that you who told me that? No. Wasn't you? Somebody told me. Somebody emailed me and they were like, oh, you should have called it the pocket playbook because it's like, it's pretty concise. And I was like, oh man, I should have called it that. But well. <laughs> well, I think the title you have is really good. And I love that. And uh, I would love for you to also let our listeners know if they want to get your book or if they want to, you know, follow you, how can they do that? Sure. Well, like I said, it's not my career, so I don't have a huge online presence. Um, however, you know, you can find it on Amazon. It's just called the Official Depression Relief Playbook. And my name's, you'll find it under Zach S. Rutledge. Just type in Zach Rutledge, it's fine. Um, however, <laughs> to your to your credit, if anyone wants to email me, I'll send you a free um, a free chapter, the first chapter. So it's just Zach S. Rutledge at gmail.com. And awesome. yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you the, the first chapter. And if you have any questions, you know, I'm more than happy to share anything with you guys. That's amazing. And I would highly encourage you guys, if you're interested in this at all, if you are dealing with depression and you, you know, you've wondered how can I help myself through this, I would email Zach and just get that chapter because you have nothing to lose by doing that. And if you love the first chapter, We'll go ahead and plan on sending some money to Amazon in their way because you know you're going to want the book. It is so chop full of useful tools. And I think the best part about it is just knowing that you're not alone. There's somebody who's been through what you've been through. So he's not telling you to try this because it was in a book somewhere. He's telling you to try things that he's actually tried and that have worked so that to me is more valuable than anything i think you're going to get so much value out of his book uh, thank you so much you're so welcome i, re I really appreciate it and i'm going to have his email in the show notes so if you want to get a copy of that first chapter just click on the email in the show notes and you can go directly there and shoot him an email and ask him for it very cool <laughs> it was very cool of you to offer to let my listeners have <sighs> so I appreciate that. So if you knew that there were some people out there maybe who are really struggling right now, what are some words of wisdom that maybe you could give those people to help them right now? This is going to sound again, counterintuitive, um, but forgiveness have that on the top of your mind because obviously you need to forgive yourself. You're going to be saying, <laughs> if you were like me, you're going to be putting people through the ringer. You're going to be pushing people away. You're going to be maybe saying some things that aren't too nice. <laughs> um, but understand that's not really completely your fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, um, that's not you. That's not you. 
Um, so, you know, forgive yourself and also forgive the ones around you because a lot of people, they just can't understand. It's not that they don't want to, it's not that they're calloused, it's, it's, it's just that they can't understand. Um, so you've got to forgive them. And once you, when, and that took me a long time to learn. It took, you know, and, and but once I did, uh, man, it felt like a weight off my shoulders. You know, it was another piece of the puzzle, just, just learning that forgiveness. Yeah, that is a great piece of advice because forgiveness is really the gift we give ourselves. Um, and, you know, most people don't really understand. We tend to think that other people think exactly like us. Oh, yeah. And what you don't understand is that people don't. And many times people, they, they can't put themselves in your shoes because they've never been there. And if you've never experienced depression and you've never experienced how that feels, you're not going to be able to relate to that person. And so I know I experienced some depression in my first marriage right after my twins were born, and that was painful and tough. So I knew how it was but I didn't experience it in the same way that like my child did Yes. when my child was going through it, even though I kind of knew, I still didn't know exactly what she was going through. And yeah. that's tough. And if you're a parent out there, it's very, very tough to deal with, but possibly going through and, and going through Zach's book with your child, you know, that would be an amazing thing because I think really, and, and maybe you can speak to this better than I can. Sometimes you just need to know people are on your side and then oh, behind you. Yes. yes. Uh, even if you don't hear from them, which sounds a little weird too. <laughs> even if you don't hear from them, they can still be in your corner. Sometimes it's just too painful for them to watch. And you know, everyone's coming from their own trauma. And if, it's, if that's too much for them, um, to, to kind of be there for the entire thing, uh, um, that's okay. They're, they're still in your corner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone has a different way of expressing what they're feeling. And there are some people who just don't want to express what they feel. So it's about, I think, understanding and trying to come from a place of understanding. So the forgiveness piece, I think, is so important. It's important, yeah. even if you're not experiencing any kind of depression, forgiveness is vital. It really is. Yeah, I agree. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. This was such a great conversation and I can't wait for people to go and get your book. No, thank you. And, and thank you, you know, just for doing this podcast, seriously. It, it, it's, we need more content like this. You know, Absolutely. there's just so much nasty stuff out there. And this is like something really solid that you can hold on to, you know? I say exactly what you said earlier, which is if you touch one person or if you help one person, then it's worth it. And that has been my mission from day one. And that is what I continue to, it, it continues to fuel and propel me is that I really want to help people. And I know that you really want to help people too. So that's amazing that you've done this and that you put this out there. Uh, thank you very much. Yes. And I want to thank all of you for being with us today. As Puppies. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Usually we can get through a podcast without Nala wanting to say hi, but <laughs> it's every once in a while that she's going to jump in and say hi. And we had a discussion about this. My son, he, he was actually talking to me yesterday and he said, hey, mom, I went through your podcast and I looked at all of your reviews and my heart immediately, I'm like, what? You're looking through my podcast reviews, you know, it's like I'm under the scrutiny here from my children. And he uh -huh. said, yeah, you only had a couple of negative ones. I was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, because the one was about dog barking. I'm like, I know, I couldn't do that. <laughs> started laughing. It's like, well, if they can like Nala, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, I prefer it. I prefer it. I will, I will leave a review and I'll say I love the dog barks. <laughs> well, I try to edit it out, but you know, like if I have a guest on a podcast, I can't really always edit in the middle of the conversation. So sometimes uh -huh. you get a dog bark, but people working from home now with COVID and all of that, they should understand like oh, yeah. life happens. Yeah, it's a different world. Yeah. <laughs> We had a local news anchor who his dog kept coming onto the screen because he was working from home and she kept trying to jump in his lap. So uh, <laughs> said, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I prefer so, it. I said I was going to try to teach Nala how to I do card readings where I pull cards for people. I was going to try to teach her how to pull cards. and, and <laughs> That's awesome. Ate the cards, so it didn't work out. But <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with us. This was such a great and fun conversation. Don't forget to go and get your chapter of Zach's book or even bypass that and just go get the book because uh, it's just such an amazing tool. And I want to thank you for listening. And as always, if you like this podcast, please leave me a positive review from wherever you're listening to counteract those dog barking reviews. That would be amazing. Um, and as always, subscribe. And the highest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card just for you. Also, I have my new monthly membership that I am so excited about. It is called Awaken Your Magic, and it is $30 a month. And every month there is a live masterclass as well as a group card reading. And I will also be throwing in some resources here and there like meditations, tappings, and different things to help you, Nala likes that too, to help you live your absolute best life. So go check all of that out on my website, melissaoatman.com. As always, I am sending you so much love and light. I hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.